0: Log Talk Radio. Off-topic, back on the air, uh, metropolitan area. Wow. <laughs> joined by Ryan Stern here, uh, off-topic, powered by BackSportsPage.com. Ryan, good evening. Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: has, did anything happen today?
0: No. Well, I know James Dolan went on the Michael K. show and made a total ass of himself. So we saw that happen oh. today. Which, which, so it was the a regular way, Tuesday. Yeah, so it was a regular Tuesday because, you know, James Dolan makes a fast of himself everywhere he goes. But before we jump into all the Odell and Giants stuff, I have to say one thing about the Dolan stuff because we're not going to get back to it later. I'm going to say that we're going to get back to it later, but we're really not going to get back to it later. So let me just go real quick. I don't ever want to hear James Dolan come out and say that all players want to come to New York and play for the Knicks when you've only went to the playoffs five times in 18 years and I've only won one playoff series, please, James Dolan, shut up. (laughs) You're a Ranger fan. You've had more success. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. The one good thing about James Dolan, or the only good thing about James Dolan owning the Rangers is that he has no clue... About anything to do with hockey, so he stays out of the day-to-day business with uh, with how the team is run, and he just collects checks. So uh, uh, yeah. I, I like the direction the Rangers are going from a rebuilding standpoint, uh, and at, at least James Dolan doesn't dwell into uh, into the way that that team is actually run. But um, did you see there? <laughs> There's a, a company that makes uh, sports T-shirts. They're called Roto World, and they uh, they made a shirt that's in Knicks colors, and it just says "Sell the team." And someone commented, and it says, <laughs> and it says, "Bonus, you get to use this if you're a Mets fan too." So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny <laughs> That's pretty funny Well, so let's let's jump into it This has been a crazy week for the New York Giants so It's pretty, pretty much a crazy uh, Two weeks for the New York Giants And no, we're not talking about the re-signing of Backup of quarterback to Alex Tanney And no, we're not talking about The fact that Zach Diossi agreed to come back Today as well Or the re-signing of Spencer Pulley Or the losing of Jamin Brown Or even the fact that Landon Collins has walked away From the Giants and signed a monster of a contract with the Washington Redskins. The one thing, and Ryan will be uh, the, the witness, is the trading of Odell Beckham, which I called. I said this, this was going to get done, because at the end of the day, there was a lot of moving pieces, uh, and, a lot, and there's, there's a lot to this plan that Dave Gettleman has going on for this, for this franchise, and it's a little scary, you know, if you're a Giants fan, you're going to accept the fact that now you are officially in rebuilding mode. A mode that took you from Phil Simms and Jeff Hotstutler through the Dave Brown, the Kent Grahams, into the Kerry Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Right now, I'm making every Giants fan cry because they know these are the days that are coming for them right now. But this happened. And... You're now getting the – if, if the, the move of Olivier Vernon getting moved to the Cleveland Browns uh, wasn't a sign that you were rebuilding, the sign that Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer a member of, of the New York Giants, it will be wearing number 13 for Cleveland this upcoming year, is a good enough sign of any uh, that this, this franchise is now rebuilding. And by the way, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because uh, I, was on a phone call, I was on a phone call on my way back from the office uh, just a few minutes ago. And one of the things that I said to somebody, because everyone was like, well, you know, we're tired of the quick fixes. And I reminded everybody that after going 3-13, and 13, you went 5-11. and 11, And that was with Odell Beckham on the field for majority of the year. So I really don't have much of an answer for, for everybody as far as what happened last season. With the offensive line, I know Jamin Brown came in, and now Jamin, Jamin's gone too. Jamin re signed elsewhere. He's no longer on the, uh, on the table for the New York Giants. You know, a lot of things, uh, a, lot of, a lot of different things happened here in this, in this process of moving Odell Beckham Jr. And we're going to do our best to dissect it. Um, Brandon London, who, who's a correspondent with the Giants, will be joining us momentarily, and we're going to break it down with him and get his view on it, on what happened. But I just – I don't know if shock is the word, but it's crazy. It really is absolutely crazy that to think now that this, this wide receiver juggernaut, lightning bolt of a player is now going to be in Cleveland. Ryan, what was your take when you first heard the news? When I first
1: heard the news, I was probably a little more upset than I should have been. Uh, I, I think I jumped to conclusions that that they weren't going to receive full trade value back in, in, in any deal. And do I think that a first round, a third round, and Jabril Peppers is – fair compensation for Odell? No, but you know what? It may not be that far off. Uh, Jabril Peppers is still a young and developing first round safety, who, by the way, went to high school about, what, 10, 15 minutes away from MetLife Stadium and is now going to be able to come home and play right in his backyard. So, uh, I'm pretty sure Jabril Peppers loves this move, um, <laughs> but the, the 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 more and more that I sit and think about this trade, the more and more it makes sense. Especially because what did I tell you when we were on the air on Friday that the Giants were going to use uh, their draft capital and acquire.
0: That's it. They had to. And look, Uh,
1: the 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 only way that this trade makes sense is if they use the capital that they received back from Cleveland to get their future quarterback. And because all, all this talk about taking Dwayne Haskins at six, the Giants, if the Giants stay at six, they're not going to be able to get Dwayne Haskins. So now they're going to be able to acquire their quarterback of the future without having to move up in the draft. Now, whether at number 17 that they trade for Rosen, which I think may, may be a little too high. I still think that they can get away with uh, trading their second round pick for Rosen only because the market for Josh Rosen is quickly drying up. And we all know that the Cardinals are going to take Kyla Murray number one overall. So, uh, they're going to be sitting with their first-round pick last year as a backup quarterback for the foreseeable future. So I still think that the Giants may be able to get away with getting uh, Rosen for their uh, second-round pick. And now they have two first-round draft picks, Where and I said, lock it in today. If they do get Josh Rosen for their second-round pick, the Giants are taking DK Metcalf at number six.
0: Uh, well, let's welcome in our good buddy Brandon London. Uh, Brandon, a former member of the Giants practice squad back uh, years ago, and very uh, instrumental and part of the Giants franchise over the last few years. Uh, Brandon, what's going on, my friend? What's going
2: on, Randy? How you doing, man? Hey, is, is that Ed uh, I hear in the background?
0: Oh uh, no, that's that's actually a, that's Ryan Stern. Uh, he's my oh, okay. one of my one of my uh, going- one of my head football writers with me.
2: Okay, How's what's going, going on, Ryan? Ryan? How you guys doing tonight, man? Well, it, just, um, just,
0: it was, was a pretty. Sm- <laughs> it was pretty smooth. Uh, it was a pretty smooth night up until about a couple hours ago, Brandon. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> man, I, I thought I
2: had a heart attack, man. Like I was one of those guys who were on Twitter, on social media, laughing at the people who were saying that, oh, Odell might get traded. He might get traded. I'm like, I'm thinking, like, no way this guy gets traded. And then look what we have here. I mean, I was shocked, uh, really. But at the same time, I've been told by a lot of people to just watch. Wait and watch. They're like, wait and watch on what Gettleman does. Because they brought it up that when he took over with the Carolina Panthers, they they ended up uh, going to the Super Bowl. Not winning, going to the Super Bowl. He had some good uh, draft there. And then they were talking about, remember he won a Super Bowl here uh, back in the day, back in my time as well. So, For people, I know I read Twitter, and people are like, what's this guy doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. This guy knows knows what he's doing. So I think I'm just going to shut up and and wait until this all plays out.
0: You know, Brandon, what's really funny to me is everyone is sitting there, you know, up in arms about the idea of moving Odell Beckham Jr. But I just reminded everybody before, in 2016, he was making five-yard receptions into 35-yard run touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. In 2017, obviously, he got hurt. He had, a, he had surgery on his ankle, and he was having all sorts of leg issues even before that happened, especially when he got hurt in Cleveland on that preseason game. Last year, he was back for majority of the season. Obviously, at the end of the season, he ended up sitting out missing some time. But up until that point, he was in the lineup, and the team still struggled. So I, I'm trying to figure out where the massive stereo with this is. I understand he's a lovable character for the fans. Um, he's a lightning bolt for the media. He is. He's an electric. He's an electric player. But there's got to be a point where the Giants have to turn the page and start looking at the future. And Odell is in his prime right now. Why not put him in a situation where he can go to a place where he might be able to have a little bit more success? Do you agree with that? Oh yeah. It,
2: or do you think? I, I mean, I I I agree with that last part. I know you were saying like he was catching five yard passes, taking them to you know eighty yards. I think last year. He had opportunities to make some big plays, and you know whether Eli wasn't getting time, he wasn't getting time, but the ball wasn't getting there. You know, so I agree with you on that last part, where maybe he's going to a quarterback who can really get, who can really help him bring out his strength. I mean, if you look at it, his strengths are, like you said, he can take a five-yard catch and take it eighty-five yards. That's a gift. I don't think people understand that every wide receiver can do that. I don't think, other than Sterling Shepard, I don't think we have a guy on that, on that or Saquon Barkley, I don't think we have a receiver on the roster that can do that. But the way Odell does it, Odell does it at any point of the game. He can do that. At the times where he's he's open and he's got uh, a, a step or two on a safety or in, in a corner, that's when, you know, I'm glad he's going to be with a Baker Mayfield because he's in the position to have someone who gets that ball? Puts that ball out there to where he catches it in stride. You just seen the last couple of years. Eli's just throwing it up there because he's getting blasted. Why he's throwing the ball? And you know, I'm not. I'm not calling anybody. I'm not pointing anything out. You know, that's not my job to do that. But as a receiver, like it's it's just hard when you've got two steps on the guy and you got to come back to the ball to make a play on it instead of just catching it in stride. So I agree with you in terms of he's going to a place where he's going to be in a great fit. I mean, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, and Joku, Jarvis Landry. I mean, how are you going to double him? It's going to be mismatches across the board. My thing is, if they can protect Baker Mayfield on a consistent basis. Hey, Brandon, this is Brandon well, here.
1: Uh, what do you see as the foreseeable future with, the, the quarterback position because obviously now this move really brings upon the rebuild for the New York Giants. And so the rebuild is really going to start taking place when the new quarterbacks for the Giants come in. Where do you see the Giants getting their uh, quarterback? Lead? Is it going to be in the uh, draft? Is it going to be via trade?
2: Uh I think it depends I think they depend on how much protection they can get for Eli and see if you can squeeze out this year for sure or maybe next year. If you do that, I'm thinking you don't have to use that first any of those first round picks on a quarterback. I think that quarterback from Duke, I forget his name. I think he may be there in, in that phone. second round. Uh i you know, he may he may be around in that second round. I know that they you know, he a lot of people have been high on him. He may be the sleeper. I'm just, honestly, I'm just tired of hearing the same two names when it comes to quarterback: Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. I think there are other quarterbacks in this draft that are capable to be franchise quarterbacks, but they're just not getting they're they're not getting the attention as the other two. And now that's granted, those one is very electrifying, the other one is a proven uh, college winner, but we've seen that before. So to me, um. I, I honestly think with those two picks, we don't even draft the quarterback with those first two first-round picks. I honestly think we go pass rusher and possibly receiver because now you have to bring in a guy who can be somewhat productive. And when you're talking about a receiver, most first rounds of receivers don't pan out. So it's like they have pressure on them now to bring in someone who can make plays right away from day one.
0: You know, Brandon. Also, one of the things that happened this past week too, and maybe I don't, know, maybe we should have seen this coming a little bit more with Odell, but the, the non-tagging of Landon Collins and the move of Olivier Vernon, uh, Gettleman seems like he's cleaning up a lot of the mess that Jerry Reese did with uh, under the salary cap. What's your take on this? Because a lot of fans were really disappointed that Landon wasn't tagged. They, they, I guess he's a, you know, he is a fan favorite. We, you know, we're all around him at the softball game, and you know. This you know he really defines what the Giants' family is all about, and then the same thing with Vernon a little bit, Vernon, who, has, who had a big number on his salary, and there was talk of them cutting him. Now was this, was, was this a sign of things to come for Odell at this point? uh even
2: with even with the moves that were made prior this, this week, last week with OV and Landon, I don't, think, I, I don't think people still saw that Odell was on that block. You know, I think you're looking at a, a generational talent. I think you're looking at it like that's like trading Saquon Barkley in a way just because of Odell, Jr., Odell Beckham Jr. hands down is top three receiver in this league. Hands down, Saquon Barkley is a top three running back in this league. I think when it came to OV, you hear people's reaction out of them being upset because of how much of a fan favorite he was. But when you continue to read the Twitter comments, if you go deep in the comments and all you see people excited because they're like how is he going to match up one on one with Evan Ingram I have seen it in practice Evan Ingram you know has has gotten the best of of, of LC you know in one on one matchups I mean LC's a pro bowler so he's made his plays on that but B as a coordinator I like that matchup Evan Ingram versus Landon Collins now, in one game, Landon Collins is going to come down and lay the boom. We all see that. So I think a lot of Giants fans are okay with him moving on to, to another team. I didn't want it to be Washington to where we see him twice a year. But I think they were okay with him moving on to another team because of the, the, the past defense liability. When it came to OV, I think a lot of fans were glad that he was traded because, you know, being in the, being in the, the parking lot at MetLife Stadium doing all the tailgating stuff, uh, before the game, Randy, you know filming with the giant I know I come in and i 'm a little uh, i 'm a little buzzed because of the fans you know they, they try and liquor me up all the time, but they talk to me <laughs> I get to hear their voice you know i get to be I get to hear the voice of the people and you know and this isn't me speaking right now i 'm speaking as the fans in j 12 the fans out in uh, these different parking lots and these tailgates. When OV was a guy, where they were saying they wanted JPP to stay, and they didn't want you know OV. So I look at his OV as a guy. He he did he made plays here, but for that number, a lot of people are actually okay that he's gone at that number. And you bring in a, a a guard that can help that offensive line.
0: Safe to say that Jack Rabbit's the next one out. Ooh,
2: I don't want to say it. But by, but right now, everybody, <laughs> everybody has a, trade, uh, has, a, has, a, has a trade number on them, you know. Like I'm even looking – I'm even worried about myself Dr. right now Cooper. looking like they might bring somebody in to replace me for Giants TV. I might get traded to the Seahawks TV, you know. Like I'm scared now. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, you know, that's what makes the game exciting, man. I think that – I hope that fans really understand that now. That's what makes this game a business. I hope fans really understand the business aspect of the game now instead of being so caught up in the individual player or the individual team. I know that's your team, but you have to understand this game is a business. It's an ultimate business. Landon Collins doesn't feel any ill will towards this organization. Heck, they may bring him back one day. Who knows? You know how the Giants are. Once a Giant, always a Giant. So I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that feels some sort of ill will about it. But people just have to understand, I hey mean, this is this is the, how it goes. It's unfortunate. It may look a little cloudy right now. We may be looking like, what are we gonna be this year? You know, I don't even. A lot of people, a lot of Giants fans are like, I'm gonna hold off talking trash to Cowboys fans right now until I figure out what direction we're actually going in. But that's the excitement of the game, man. And that's why we have to put our trust in Dave Gettleman, uh, John Mara, and, uh, and and Coach Shermer and just let 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 them go to work. Um. The
1: one player that is on the team that I I think is the the ultimate safe is uh, is 2-6 with with Saquon. What does this move mean for him? Because I I, I see a lot of eight, nine-man boxes, and even though the offensive line has improved from last year, what does this mean for Saquon uh,
2: as we move forward in the immediate future? Uh, if I'm him, I'm hoping they bring in some sort of veteran receiver, one or two veteran receivers who's had some sort of success in this league, and then I'm hoping that they get it right when it comes to bringing in a receiver. You know, I love Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard is a dynamic guy, but we just lost a top three receiver in the league. We just lost somebody who can blow the doors down at any time. We just lost somebody who, if you stick seven, eight in the box, he's gonna make he's gonna burn you and, and make you pay for that. So if I'm Saquon, I'm hoping and you know, I'm talking to the management upstairs and all to kind of see what their plan is on who they want to bring in and, and you go and you do your due diligence on not only that receiver, if he's a veteran, but if he's a rookie. And guys I'm sorry that it's loud right now. I'm at Lucky Strike right now. Uh I'm at, I'm at Lucky Strike hanging <laughs> okay. out on a on a date right now. So
0: <laughs> uh, Listen, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Brandon, a couple more questions for you here. Uh, Brandon London joining us here on Off Topic with, uh, with Randy Zellia and Ryan Stern. Uh, one thing i got I got to figure out now with the Giants is you look at this team, and if you're the fan base, you know, rebuilding in New York is not an easy thing. We were talking about it right before you came on the air about, you know, after Phil Simms, this, this fan base had to sit through Dave Brown and Kent Graham and Kerry Collins until Eli Madden came around. Um, do you look at this, how long of a process can you let the Giants fans know you think it's going to be to get this, to this, this team back into contention? Um, can you repeat
2: the last part of that, Randy? I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, sure. That's not a problem. So, you know, after it took them a while to find that franchise quarterback in Eli Manning, and obviously there's going to be yes. a point where you have to turn the page. What point now of this rebuilding process until this team can get back into contention? The Eagles went from a five game season to a Super Bowl season, so it can happen fairly quick. What can Giants fans expect about rebuilding right now with this franchise with under Dave Gettleman's leadership?
2: I think we continue to look at what they do with the defense. You know, defense is won by championships. You look at the Eagles, they had a pretty solid, you know, pretty solid defense those years. Uh, you know, the year they won that Super Bowl. And even last year, that defense wasn't, they struggled, but they weren't terrible. They, they made plays. Um, down the stretch, I think we look at it like this. You know, everyone has some – we all got our thoughts about Eli Manning, where he is on his career, what they should do with him. I think we look at it in terms of he's only going to be as good as the guys protecting him. You look at the Tom Brady who's like a million years old, Tom Brady rarely gets touched. And one is because of his mental, two is because guys are protecting him. Eli, I feel as though, has the same mental as Tom Brady. But in the last couple of years, we've seen times where he just hasn't been protective. He hasn't protected. He hasn't been able to step into throws. So I would like to see them continue to add on to defense, draft a pass rusher, um, bring in some more pass rushers, bring in those guys. But at the same time, give Eli weapons and give Eli protection. You've been asking for it for, for a while. It started to get better throughout the course of last year, but I would like to see some sort of consistency there, and I think that's what they're trying to do. Dave Gettleman talks about the hog mollies all the time. He couldn't really bring in the, and get the hog mollies he really wanted. I think this year he makes a play and brings in more.
0: All right, well, Brandon, listen, buddy, I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your time of Lucky Strike. To uh, come on, hang with us and talk about this. I know you've been very vocal uh, on on Twitter. My boy, my boy Ryan Moore called me up. And he says I'm going back and forth with Brandon right now. So, <laughs> but
2: uh, yeah, we, I just had really to let him know, you. man. Like, I just had to let him know. Like Jeremy Shockey and OBJ, like those are two guys. You know, some people don't like their brashness, their cockiness, but in the locker room. They're locker room guys, man. Jeremy Shockey, my rookie year, I would have ran through a brick wall for that guy because of how he was around <laughs> his teammates and stuff. But, you know, I, I was talking to Ryan. You know, I had to let him know, like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't bashing you or trying to call you out. It just had to make sure, you know, he knew that, the people knew that. So, hey, man, you're doing a great job, Randy. Um, and, I, you know, I appreciate you, bro. I always appreciate you.
0: Thanks, man. Listen, we're looking forward to getting you started doing one of these things as well.
2: Yeah, man. Let's We'll definitely talk soon. Uh, the schedule's dying down, <laughs> but we'll, we'll definitely talk.
0: You got it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon London. All we'll right. be talking with him soon. Thanks for coming on for us tonight. All
2: right, Thanks, guys. Brandon. Have a great night.
0: A lot, lot to dissect there, too, because he brings up some very, very valid points. And, I, and And what's great about Brandon is he can give you the player perspective as well as the Media perspective, he looks at it from our view. I was reading a lot of the tweets earlier tonight, Rye, about um, you know guys like Jordan Renan, or, it's, or, or I don't consider art part of the clique, but a lot of some of the, the Giants beat writers and, and everyone was sort of just the sh- I think the, the the general consensus between the media and the fans and even around the NFL is shock. I think that's there's there's always one of those trades that just shocks everybody, and this is one of those trades that really is sort of like feels like they, they knocked the wind out of the NFL. What do you think
1: well i I think the most shocking part about it is because everybody tends to believe everything they hear from their own general managers. You hear what Gettleman comes out and says he he says we're a win now team he says we don't we didn't sign Odell to trade him, and everyone takes these guys at their word when we should know that everybody lies you you lie more than you tell the truth in this business because it's all about making sure that you you're getting the most for your value and when you hear that the front office wants us to be a win now team, even though you know the team isn't built to win now, when you hear it come from the front office and when you hear that they're not signing him to trade him you it, it, it that's what's the most shocking part about it to me
0: yeah that, again i've i i put that on twitter as well on uh earlier tonight I put down. Gettleman's quote, we did, we did not sign him to trade him. Look, at the end of the day, he is no longer – we could say whatever we want. He is no longer a member of the New York football Giants. And I think there's probably a sense of relief from uh, from Mara and also from Odell himself because this has been going on now. There's been like this little feud between the two of them going on for, for the longest of times. If you remember last year, there was a lot of stuff midseason that was going on, basically just saying, you know, we – we're tired, of his, we're tired of his antics. We're tired of Odell's antics. Um, one of the things I was laughing about on the way home was, if you remember correctly, two seasons ago, uh, during the 2017 season before Odell got hurt, before he, um, before he ended up hurting his foot against the Chargers, he, they played in Philadelphia, and after he scored a touchdown, he jokingly was, you know, went on all fours and pretended he was a dog and pretended he was going to the bathroom uh... on the field in Philadelphia. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so you don't want to remember that one, do you? <laughs>
1: oh, uh, well, <laughs> well, that'll always... That'll some of his antics, because of what he was able to bring to the team, I didn't like that.
0: No, I didn't like it either. And the simple fact of the matter is, though, these are the types of antics. Now, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can say that he was young and stupid. But, look, he was basically... He was doing this stuff, and... Nobody was sort of – I don't want to say no one was saying anything, but, like, Mara had to pull him aside and say, this is not the behavior we need you to do as a, as a leader of this team. This is you – can't, you can't do this. And nobody's, nobody said anything. You know what I mean? Like, that was the part that was sort of really, really bothering. It was very, very disturbing to me during this whole thing with Odell is his immaturity level. Even, after, you know, everyone was, everyone was so happy last time when he came to camp and he was a good soldier. And I don't care what anyone said – he was being held out because they were working on the contract situation. Um, one question I have to ask you, and I didn't really get to ask Brandon this, and I want to throw this at you: this whole situation sort of puts um, makes Pat Shermer uh, a, a uh, in a really bad position as far as like a uh, what's the word, what's the word I used earlier? I think I, I talked to you about this uh, about where per- Shermer fits in this whole entire situation. Lame duck coach. There it is. I think he's of right. a lame duck coach right now because now he's stuck in a situation where he is not, like, he's not coaching for wins now. He's coaching to raise players that he may not even get to coach.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, this, this is not an ideal situation for a coach unless you have uh, – the support of the front office knowing that this is a rebuild and that they have confidence in you to take the team from this rebuild through the rebuild into possible playoff run in a couple years because uh, you're right, this is not a spot that a coach wants or expects to be in.
0: Yeah, you no, know, nobody wants to be in this position. Um, so let's 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 break it down. What the week has been for the New York Football Giants in the span of seven days, they decided they decided not to tag Landon Collins. They re-signed John Helipio, They bring back Alex Tanny. Spencer Pulley's back in. Um, Zach is back. They trade Olivier Vernon to the Cleveland Browns, and now they trade Odell Beckham to the uh, to the Cleveland Browns. So we call them the Cleveland Giants at this point? <laughs>
1: uh, no, because it's only one player that they're getting that's going to have any impact.
0: Yeah, well, it's very interesting to see where uh, Vernon fits into their plans this upcoming season on, on how well they do. It's, it's sort of weird to see Vernon. You know, Vernon, who's been a very, very quiet guy this past year, didn't talk much to the media. Uh, he was very standoffish at certain points after games again I understand after games it's very 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 difficult to um, very difficult the, the, the media is not easy so I and I right. I, get well, it. The, so,
1: I guess the the one thing with Vernon where uh, with the situation he's going to over the final couple uh, final two years in Miami and his only two years with the Giants, he was expected to be the number one guy. They now He's now going to a situation where he's going to be playing opposite Miles Garrett, the number one overall pick in the draft just a couple of years ago, and he's not going to be expected to be the, the savior of the defense, the savior of the pass rush. So if, if there's one thing that may help him is the fact that he's not going to be the main focus of offensive line. So uh, that's going to help out Vernon, but uh, I mean it's still going through the digesting process, trying to figure out what exactly
0: this means. Yeah, and you know they always say there has to be a blowaway deal, and uh, you know we're gonna wrap we're gonna wrap things up uh, very quickly. This was not supposed to be a, We weren't even supposed to be on tonight. And this was one of those things where <laughs> I wanted to get you. I mean, we wanted to get on just so we can uh, we can talk about it, and just so we can really start breaking it down. And, and we we're lucky to get Brandon tonight as well. Um, our good friend Jose Padilla uh, joked with me earlier today, and he says. You know, we, when you're trading a, a star player like Odell Beckham, you want a Tony Soprano type of package, and instead we got a Paulie Walnuts package. Uh, I, I, you can't disagree with that. You you, you sort of wanted more. Um, what they got, you know, you're okay with it. But this is New England. You know, the third round pick is New England's pick, so it's not going to be a high pick. So you you know you might have to start messing around here to get something something a little bit better for uh, so, you know for the future here. But listen. The Giants are in flux. We'll definitely be talking more about it later in the week on Off Topic. Uh, Probably going to be on um, Thursday night this week as well, and we'll also do a a Saturday night show as well. So, Ryan, thanks for coming on with me. Talk with Brandon. We'll, you know, we we thank Brandon London for giving us a quick. We'll have more on the ODL Beckham situation this upcoming Thursday night. Ryan, any final thoughts?
1: Um. don't believe everything you hear uh because when you do you allow it to skew your viewpoints uh of what you believe uh that, that that's really the only thing that i can say because like as i said before i i, I really think that the reason this is as shocking as it is is because of what you've heard in the media. And, I mean, it it, it shouldn't be as shocking as it is.
0: And my final take on it is Olendale Beckham Jr. has been one of those guys for the longest of times where he feels like a little bit untouchable. He's not bigger than an organization, and he is now definitely not bigger than any organization. He is now a member of the Cleveland Browns. We'll have more about this this upcoming Thursday on Off. Copy. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks thanks to Brandon London. Thanks to Ryan Stern. Follow the show. And uh, on BackSportsPage.com, we'll be seeing you guys soon.